guy, yes. Um, hold on one second. Eminem says he wants his hair cut back. Sorry. Anyway, what's no, up, everybody? What's up, everybody? This is AJ Capasso from Talking With The Source, um, host and founder. I'm here with my new co-host. I want well, to my name is my name is Robin <laughs> from Hopper and Paranormal. I'm talking with the sword. There we go. <laughs> we got it. Um, anyway, I'm sorry, guys. I had to start it that way. This guy's been bothering me all in the background in front of our guests, so I had to I had to think of something quick. So um, it shocked him. He didn't know what was going on for a second. He probably thought emergency call. You're right? just trying to be mean, now, aren't you? You really are. I was. You're right. You got me. Well, anyway. Um, first off, what I want to do is I just want to shout out right now. We are live on Parapost Network and also Parapost 2 International. So um, super excited about that. We're also um, coming up to May's first event of Global Ghost Hunt. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, there is no signups obviously left for May, but we still have October's left. Um, October is going to be absolutely awesome with the whole, you know, paranormal theme as it is because of you know halloween and everything going on so please head over to www.globalghosthunt.com and sign up if you have a team or you're a researcher um we have locations that are already there signed up so you can check out some locations more will be coming soon we have a great vast amount of teams that are going to be for may um so get ready we're going to be releasing times dates all that soon just uh, follow it on uh, Facebook, all social medias, and uh, globalghosthunt.com. But before we bring our guests out, what do you have to say? Because I know you're itching to say something. Aren't, aren't you also running live on Babe Station? On who? <laughs> Babe Station, aren't you? <laughs> you're, so, you're so stupid. <laughs> this guy. Only You know, see, I always have to deal with this stuff. Anyway, on a better note, we have an amazing guest today. I'm so excited to bring her on. Uh, I wish her partner was here with us, but unfortunately, it's just her right now because um, they're busy. It's all right, but she's in an amazing location right now where she is streaming live from. I am so excited to bring her on and share some of their live evidence right here on the podcast. Um, it's just amazing. We listen to one in the background. This EVP that I just heard was, they heard it right out in the open audible, but I mean, it answers their question. It, it You can hear the echo in the same room that they're in. I mean, it's fascinating. So stick with us. We're going to be playing it. But right now I want to bring out Christy from Soul Sisters Paranormal. Hey. Hey guys, how you doing today? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So as you just saw, I was telling everyone about this EVP. Mm -hmm. So I just want to first start off before I start <laughs> asking you questions. I have to show this EVP because I'm just still, it blew me away. Like I even, the, just the, the, the echo in the voice, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, Janet. How are you, Janet? Thank you hey, so Janet. much for joining us. Hey, Nando. Hey, Nando. <laughs> So everyone, check out this EVP I was talking about. We're going to start it off with this EVP. This is at Atlico uh, County Jail. That's where you are at right now, correct? No, it's oh, not. No, I'm sorry. Okay, what, what place are you at right now? Because you said a jail. Yeah, uh, so I'm at the historic Scott County Jail in Huntsville, Tennessee. So this I'm is a jail Yeah, that my business partner and I actually opened in the fall of 2021. Um, so the, the evidence that you're going to show here in just a second, uh, this was my twin sister and I. We make up Soul Sisters Paranormal, and we were investigating at the Attila County Jail, which is in Kosciuszko, Mississippi. And so it was just she and I inside the building, and... <laughs> The way this clip is, um, it's actually split screened. So Jenny and I are in one cell and the voice recorder that picked up this response is about four cells down. So it's in a different cell, but you can hear us actually hear the response. 
And this is why I don't explain anything anymore because I sound like an idiot when I have the person with me right here to explain. No, that's just all the time spent that way. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christy, for explaining all that because I was going to have to ask you that after this video, but I appreciate you that you came out right there with that. Yes. So everyone check this out real quick. This is absolutely awesome. crazy i mean that is so crazy and like i said to you in the back what is so crazy is you can hear the echo on his voice and you mm -hmm. can tell it's male you hear him say pete and then you guys actually heard this response right we did we did so i we actually thought it said peter rather than pete uh we only really picked up pete when we went back and analyzed the audio mm -hmm. um so like i said we were uh, about four cells down from where that voice recorder was and we'd been getting activity all night uh you know everything from footsteps to door slamming to different evp responses so it was a very active investigation for us and that was just one of the uh the interesting evps that we actually picked up from that investigation that is amazing. That is so cool. I mean, like I said, just when I heard the EVP and like just to hear the, the just the echo gets me. I don't know mm -hmm. what it is about the echo because it's like always when, you know, you hear an EVP on a recorder, it's, it's, I don't know. It just, for some reason I've, you catch great ones like this and mm -hmm. then other ones that don't sound anything like this. And it kind of sounds almost like re just recorded, you know, right. but this is like just authentic with that, that sound and you know, the, the echo. Quite rare though, isn't it? What's that? It's quite rare to hear to hear one with your own ears. You can hear it on a, on a recorder, but it's quite rare to hear it at the same time. Yeah. Every now and then, and some of the uh, the evidence that we'll share tonight that we've captured, um, some of the other audio that I, I've queued up for you guys, um, are are EVPs that we actually heard in the moment. Um, so we do. There's been instances where we do hear them in the moment, but to your point, a lot of what we put out in our videos are things that were captured on our static cameras that we did not hear in the moment. It was only going back and reviewing those audio and video footage uh, pieces that we actually captured them. Mm. Wow, that's so cool. I mean, it's so crazy because I don't remember myself hearing a lot of EVPs like on my investigations out in the, you know, audible like that. I mean, I have, but mm -hmm. not as, you know, prevalent like as what i just listened to i mean like i said that'll that'll go down in history for me because I, I love that <laughs> that, that EVP is not my favorite i have to say. <laughs> well wait i've got some more coming up so oh, uh, we'll, we'll play some more so and i haven't uh, even checked out so this is new for me to see too so um but christy what i want to start off and say was um how did you get into the paranormal that's one question we ask everybody how did you well, look at were you in since a kid or you know what happened well, my sisters and I, we we come from a research-minded background. Um, you know, my family always encouraged us, our parents always encouraged us to question. And uh, so we we all have advanced degrees. Um, and so we actually come at this from a research-minded perspective. And so when ghost hunters and ghost adventurers and those popular television shows really started to become popular, we would watch them and really say to ourselves, why didn't they use this technique? Why didn't they ask this question? Why didn't they do this? And so we, we said to ourselves, if we ever 
ever had the opportunity to conduct a paranormal investigation that we would jump at that chance. And so we were actually in, because uh, we all live in different parts of the country, we were actually taking a girls trip to Moundsville, West Virginia in 2013. And that's where the West Virginia State Penitentiary is located, which is one reported to be one of the most haunted locations in the U.S. And so coincidentally, we had a family friend that sat on the board of that facility. And he said, while you're here, you stay in the weekend, why don't you take one of those nights and stay in the prison and see if you can connect with our resident spirits? So we absolutely jumped at that chance. So we took some some voice recorders. We took a couple of digital cameras. We could cook a, a couple of uh, night vision cameras. And we left that experience with what we felt was very compelling paranormal evidence or unexplained evidence. And so because of that, we really wanted to research this further to see if we could, one, really highlight these historic locations because not a lot of people knew some of these locations um, and really bring that historical narrative to the forefront and then couple that with any paranormal or unexplained evidence that we captured during those investigations. And so that really, that investigation at West Virginia State Penn really catapulted us into where we are today. That is, that is awesome. Yeah, I think it's so great. Like, especially when we have teams on that are very, very scientific, very research, um, you know, oriented. And I love seeing that because it's, it's very important. People don't realize like how important it really is. But, you know, like, you know, like everyone says in this field, you can't just jump at everything being paranormal all the time. And, mm -hmm. and you know, it's unfortunate because you want to, you know, you do, you get excited at certain moments. Um, at least I know I definitely do. Even for that EVP, I'm still excited. <laughs> <laughs> I really jumped around for you, you know, when I heard it. But, um, you know, I I, uh, I think it's very important. I think it's so awesome that you guys do that. Um, go ahead, Robin. I'll let you off. No, this is a, you should hear Soul Sisters EVPs from the Exchange Hotel. They are next level, Janet mm -hmm. says. Thank you, Janet. Yeah. Do we have any on here that you sent us from there? Honestly, because I sent them so long ago, I can't yeah. remember which clips I sent okay. you. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think we may have a couple in that group, but I'm, I'm honestly not sure. But uh, thank Excellent. you, Janet, uh, for, yeah. for saying that. And to her point, we did capture some very interesting things from the Exchange Hotel. Uh, one of the things that's kind of interesting about Soul Sisters that is a little bit unique is that we're an all-female team. And so I think we come at things with a different um, empathy level. Now, I'm not going to say that we're empathic, um, but oh. we come at things from a different empathy level, I think. And because of that, I think our investigation style lends it to getting different responses that an, than an all-male team or a co-ed team would would get. Um, and also being an all-female team, it very quick, it allows us to very quickly rule out certain things, right? So if I'm capturing a man's voice and I know that there's no men present on the property, I can very easily rule that out as something unexplainable. Same thing with a child's voice. Obviously, we have no children with us. So it allows us to very quickly rule out certain things as being environmental um, when I know that there's no children or no men on the property with us that night. And so for us, I, like I said, I think we do tend to get some different things. And the Exchange Hotel is, is one of those examples. Yeah, I do honestly I, I, believe, though, that, sorry, AJ, that when, when, you have, when you have women investigating as well, that if there is somewhere that you're doing it and there is children there, they're more than likely to talk to what they would look at as a mother figure rather than sometimes, you know, just chatting to the legs of us when, when so I think it's more, it's more comforting for, for younger ones when there's females that are doing it. I honestly do believe that. And I'm sorry not to interrupt, AJ. Oh. I, I honestly do believe that. Uh, and when we go to a location where we suspect that there may be child activity or spirit activity from a child, you know, we try to get down on that level. Uh, so, for example, at the Exchange Hotel, 
there were reports of a, a child spirit uh, by the child name of Jeremiah. And so we sat on the floor and we were rolling a ball back and forth. We had different toys as trigger items in an attempt to get a response from that child. And I think because of that, we did. And so to, to get down on that level with a child spirit, uh, I, I, to your point, I do think that females get a different response because we're a little less threatening. You know, we never go in with bravado. We never go in with chest thumping or anything like that or provoking in any way. And I think it does add that sense of comfort, if you will. Yeah, I agree 100%. And um, it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a masculine nature or just us men in general, but we do have this different energy that, you know, definitely children, even in the physical can, and can see and feel. And, and also too, like a lot of the souls that are children too, have been stuck for many years and back in their time, I'm sure their father didn't show them love. It was always their mother. So I'm sure that that also helps a lot as well, but you're absolutely right. I feel that female females do go in and they do have just a more empathetic energy, mm -hmm. more um, willing energy for spirits to come forward. Not only that too, in a jail situation where you're in like say a male County jail or something like that, that's very active too. Um, they're more threatened by men because mm -hmm. that's their environment. You know, not only will they lure because, oh, it's a woman, but also the fact is I think that you have more interaction with men because they can release certain, you know, um, sides of that empathetic soul than what a man can probably do. Because, you know, we do go in a lot of times acting arrogant and going provoking or doing something stupid which you'll see on a lot of things a lot of shows and it's you know it's sad because that's not really what you're supposed to do you should go in with respect and love mm -hmm. and, and everything but i totally 100 percent agree with what you said yeah and and to your point i think jails and prisons are a little bit different also because women going in is, is more of a novelty uh you know for example when we investigated brushy mountain state penitentiary we've been there a couple of times obviously that is a male dominated location right the the inmates there the jailers the guards all of those were predominantly male um and so to have a, a female team come in to your point it, it does make a, a different environment right a different energy level and so i think that's a, another reason why we're so fortunate to capture things uh because we do come at it with a different perspective and mindset i think yeah yeah definitely there's a there's a, there's a more gentle aspect that's why i'm glad in a way that i've got my mother-in-law on my team because as a as a female that's there on your team with you and like you know we haven't really been I'm not going to say fortunate because it's not the right word, but we haven't came across many children in our investigations. But if we do, <clears throat> I could I could nearly you know like leave her with a camera and leave her at that at that one point to say right you communicate. I've even got two little uh, like like toy cars in my bag mm -hmm. that you know you can put down you know move it on the floor and I, I push it to you you can push it back and stuff like that and. You know, it's better than going in there with two or three meals and, you know, not necessarily, not even pushing the boundaries, but even the, the sight from them of, of an all-meal team going in there, it'd be like, you know, I'm away kind of thing. Whereas there is that, is it a current side, you call it, mm -hmm. probably, that, we, that, that comes off a of female energy, isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Christy, what um, what would you say out of all these locations that you've been to? And I know you've been to, you guys have been through a lot. Um, but what would you say gave you guys the most profound evidence, in your opinion, or would it be a collection? 
Uh, honestly, the, when we go to these locations, really the historical perspective and the narrative that we get to experience is is unique in all of the different locations. And so we gap, we capture different evidence at those locations as well. Um, but honestly, for me, uh, I would say the Ma Barker house in Central Florida. So this was the site of the 1935 shootout between Ma and Fred Barker, two members of the Barker Carpus gang and members of the FBI. So the Barker Carpus gang was the most prolific gang um, in the late 1920s, early 1920s. 30s um, to the point where J. Edgar Hoover in, in 1934 was really given um, the directive to go and get these guys, go and get the, the Ma Barker gang. So in, uh, in, in the fall of 1934, Ma and Fred Barker, uh, they went to this little nondescript town in central Florida called Oklahoma, and they rented this house um, from a guy by the name of Carson Bradford. And so in January of 1935, uh, a sh uh, the, the FBI tracked him down to that location and a, a gun battle ensued. It's still one of the longest gun battles in FBI history. And it culminated in Ma and Fred being killed in this rental house that they had rented. And so what's, what's fascinating about this location is one, once the shootout, after the shootout happened, the owners of the house had the presence of mind to preserve the house as it was during the shootout. So you go in there today and there's still bullets bullet holes in the walls. There's still um, bullet holes in the furniture. So you can match up a rocking chair to the bullet hole in the wall and see where it came through. And so um, what's interesting about this is in 2016, the family was going to sell the house on the land and the new owners did not want the house. They were going to demolish it. So um, Marion uh, County, Florida, purchased the house and they put it on a barge and they floated it across Lake Weir to another location about two miles away. And so once they did that, it now sits on about 40 acres by itself and there's no outside pollution, as I would call it, to this house. So there's no there's no electricity to the house. There's no water to the house. No. It's, it's really sitting there vacant. And so we were the first team allowed to go in and investigate this location. And now I know I've got complete control of this location, right? Because nobody can get to it. I have no power going to it and I have no water going to it. So we investigated um, several times, but on this first investigation, I wanted to investigate on the anniversary of the shootout, which was January 16th. So the first stage of the investigation, we put um, a lot of stationary equipment in the house on the night of January 15th and we let it run um, by itself. We left, we let it run for the entire duration of when the shootout would have happened 83 years prior. And when we went in and reviewed that evidence, we were capturing things like door slamming. I'm sorry, I got a cat. No, it's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let me tell you. <laughs> so we were capturing things like footsteps. We were capturing disembodied voices. Um, one of the most profound things that we captured that night was um, at about 530 in the morning in the room where Ma and Fred were killed. We captured two EVPs. The first one said, Freddie. The next one said, yeah, Ma. And the first one said, get ready, which I think is a residual um, communication, a residual EVP. Um, so that was pretty interesting. And then about two weeks later, my sister and I went back and we stayed for about eight hours in the house and we were capturing things on the spirit box. We were capturing things on all of our, all of our equipment that night from K2s to REM pods to um, all of the, all of the trigger items that we had were getting responses. And so for me, I think that's the most profound location simply because I knew nothing else could act on these these items, right? Yeah. Um, there's there's no power to act on the rim pod. There's no power to act on uh, the spirit box or any of our other equipment. And so for me, I would call that um, probably one of the most um, profound investigations simply from that investigation standpoint. 
Absolutely. Yeah, from a scientific standpoint, absolutely, because you have no variables that can that can jump mm -hmm. in. If you're in a location, you know, there is normally, you know, electricity running in the building. I mean, you can't shut it off like we did when we went to Montana if they allow it, but, mm -hmm. you know, still you're going to have that. So you never really truly, you know, have that variable taken completely out. So to have that variable taken out and to know and then still get that activity, it's like it must blow your mind as a researcher. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, because it would blow my mind. So. It really, it really did, and and it really solidified my my hypothesis that the the spirits of Ma and Fred stayed with the house, right? They didn't stay with the land because they had no connection to the land. They were nomadic in life, and so therefore, why not stay at that last location that you were alive? Um, and so for me, it really kind of solidified the fact that the that the house was uh, that the house had the activity, not so much the land. Now, let me ask you a question on what you just said. You know, you said a lot, like in a lot of investigators, we say that, you know, they're either stuck to land or a house. But I want to ask you a question. Since you believe that they're obviously stuck to the house because the house obviously got, you know, like you said, moved. Um, I want to know, do you think that they're really like stuck at the house all the time? Or do you think that the soul just comes back for that duration of time for the traumatic timing or whatever that it was like during that times of like say the night of every night or whatever what do you think is actually going on from your research standpoint I think in this particular instance, I think Ma and Fred are with the house. Um, and, and I think that they're comfortable there. Uh, for years, they had nobody to bother them because it was it really set vacant. Uh, now, overall, generally, I do think that spirits or souls have the ability to move. Um, but I think they're also staying where they're the most comfortable or they can get their story across. Right. Um, you know, I don't think that Lizzie Borden's spirit is going to be at the corner 7-Eleven. Right. They, there's no need for that spirit to be there. Lizzie Borden is going to be in her house where she's comfortable, where she's familiar and where she's trying to get her story across. Um, Cause nobody at the seven 11 is going to be asking, Hey, Lizzie Borden, did you do it? Um, so they're, they're trying to get that story across. Same thing with, with here at the historic Scott County jail. I do believe that there's inmates here or former inmates and former jailers who are trying to get their story across and what better place to do that than the place where either you a felt more comfortable or b your life ended tragically. Absolutely. So in now, those ends, that's why that's kind of my feeling on it. Now we have yeah, a comfortable in it. Now we have a video from the Ma Barker Spirit Box. I'm gonna play that right okay, now yeah. for everybody. Um, you wanna explain the video? Do you I don't know, do you remember or do you wanna wait till after? Yep, so I'll explain it real quick. So Again, this is when Jenny and I were at the house and we were using a spirit box. And when Ma and Fred rented the house, they rented it under the name of uh, the alias Blackburn. The uh, Fred gave the alias TC Blackburn. So that's who they rented the house under that name. And so when we're asking questions and we say, can you get the name? Can you say the name Blackburn? We get that positive response. Um, also, you can hear two different voices in this spirit box session. And again, this house is on about 40 acres in a little town called Oklahoma. Um, there is really no radio interference at all during this time. And if you listen to it, if you listen to the responses, you can actually hear the stations changing behind those responses. So for me, this is one of the most compelling uh, pieces of evidence with regard to spirit box communication. All right, everybody, check this out. Ma Barker, are you with us? Freddie? If you're with us, can you say the name Arizona? 
Can you say Blackburn? Thank you. What happened in this room? <laughs> I thought you said we the ones killed. Wow. Right. Yeah, and, and so I know there's a controversy about the spirit box. A lot of people subscribe to it. A lot of people don't. Um, but for me, I do feel like it's a, a very interesting tool uh, because, one, because of that e example of what we're hearing at that location and also coupled with other things that we're also getting, uh, you know, the REM pod activity, the K2 activity, uh, the, the different things that we were getting in conjunction with that spirit box. So, you know, in my mind, they rented the house under the name Blackburn. We asked Ask the spirit box, can you say the name Blackburn? And we hear it. Um, there is the statistical likelihood of a radio station saying Blackburn. When I ask the question, can you say the name Blackburn, is, I think, astronomical. Um, again, with some of the responses, Fred and Kate. Um, now, now, Ma Barker, her given name was Arizona Donnie Kate Clark. That was her name. That's why we asked, can you say the name Arizona? But she went by the name of Kate. And so we have the spirit box saying Kate. We have the spirit box saying Fred. Um, and then when I asked what happened in this room, we got, they murdered us. We the ones dead. So from their perspective, the story is they murdered us. The FBI murdered us. Um, so obviously, if you ask the FBI, that's a different story, but in their minds, they were murdered by the FBI. And so for me, it's a very compelling piece of information um, that we were able to glean from that spirit box. Yeah, I mean, spirit boxes are like that. I <clears throat> I love them. A lot of people don't, mm -hmm. but there's a couple of things about it. Like, like you said, you know, the, the, the chances of the words that you ask questions coming through as the answers at that time Mm -hmm. And especially some of them spirit boxes actually sweep backwards. Yep. So what's the chances of it actually saying, not only saying the words when you ask, but as it's scanning backwards. And as well, we've had the thing over here where you go into a location and you ask. I mean, AJ's had it as well. You ask for things and you get it and it says, you know, off. You know what I mean? Right. It's like words like that aren't allowed to be said on live radio. Yep. So. Again, you know, you can't have, mm -hmm. you know, you say to people, will you explain to me how I've just been told that off? Yep. You're absolutely right. And and we've had those responses, right? We've had the B word said, we've had the F word said on the spirit box. And to your point, those aren't allowed over broadcast radio. And yeah. uh, so again, for me, I truly enjoy the spirit box. I do think, um, you know, when we go into these locations, like if we were just to get a spirit box response, that to me is cool. But if you get a spirit box response in conjunction with REM pod activity, in conjunction with K2 activity, in response to, um, you know, EVPs that we're audibly hearing and aud audibly capturing, this is just building a very interesting case that we can't explain, right? This is unexplained evidence as to why all of these things are working in conjunction. And so, in, like I said, in this particular instance, we were getting those, those responses in conjunction with all of these other things. And so now my case is much stronger that something unexplained is going on in this location. And so that's really how we conduct all of our investigations. But if somebody to ask me, um, if were to ask me which spirit box activity is the most compelling, this is what I show them. Yeah. yeah so this to you guys one more time. Now that you've heard a little bit more of the background, especially the more from a research background of how this is astronomical, 
Um, I want to show this one more time to everybody. This is the Mob Barker Spirit Box from Soul Sisters. What's up? Mob Barker, are you with us? Freddy? Can you say the name Arizona? Can you say Blackburn? Thank you. What happened in this room? That is absolutely awesome. And it's having a back and forth conversation. When people say, you know, we'll never have a phone to the dead, I kind of feel like we already do. And, I, and you know, whatever frequencies that they're using to do this and to whatever is this thought, you know, block of thought that they're sending of energy that's manipulating these frequencies somehow to talk to us, it's absolutely amazing. And there so many sessions um, for people around the world, for myself. Um, where I've gotten so much amazing stuff that just can't be from a radio DJ. It can't be from anything because how fast it scans. The, and you know when something comes through because sometimes it'll even slow down almost. Mm -hmm. and, and you'll hear the sentence clearly. Like mm -hmm. It's just so wild. But um, I want to move on from this because we have a lot more a lot more clips sure. that I want to show. But um, you mentioned Lizzie Borden, um, Lizzie Borden House. Mm -hmm. How many times have you been to Lizzie Borden House and what are some of your experiences that you guys have had there? We've only been once. Um, and so, again, it was a very interesting experience for us. Uh, so for those who don't know, this was the site of the 1892 murders of uh, Andrew and Abby Borden. And uh, many suspected that the daughter, Lizzie Borden, was responsible for those murders. In a court of law, she was found not guilty. And so technically, it still remains an unsolved murder because she was found not guilty, although a lot of people think that she was the person that committed the crime. So anyway, so when we went to investigate this location, there were five of us, all, all five females. And um, when we start an investigation, the very first thing that we always do is we turn on our voice recorders. Even when we're schlepping in equipment and, and luggage and all of that, we've got voice recorders going because, you know, we feel that no matter what's going on, we want to have those ears everywhere in case we do pick up something. And so in this case, I'm very glad that we did. Um, so we captured several uh, interesting EVPs during the night. Uh, the first one was we were still getting luggage from the car. So Jenny and Kara were sitting in the parlor where Andrew Borden's body was found. And so they were just talking about the day. And then they started talking about the differences between the Velisca Axe murder house, which we had investigated prior, and the Lizzie Borden house. And so uh, during that talk, Kara uh, makes mention of the fact she says, either way, being axed to death would be a horrible way to die. And when she said that, the voice recorder picked up a man's voice saying it was. And so we've got an intelligent response now. They did not hear it in the moment. It wasn't until we went back and listened to the audio that we captured it. But we have this intelligent voice interjecting itself into their conversation and saying, yeah, it was a horrible way to die. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, we were capturing children's voices. Um, we had several pieces of equipment that were picking up different energies at the time during the entire night. Um, there was one instance where 
all five of us were in the upstairs bedroom where the maid, Bridget Sullivan, stayed. And so we're in there and the door is shut and we're conducting an EVP session. And my friend Miranda from Ghost Biker Explorations, she was joining us on this investigation. And so she had a K2 meter. And she put it down on the ground. And as she's doing so, she says, here's another tool for you to play with. And in the hallway, a man's voice yells out, ignore them. And we all heard it to the point where Jenny whipped open the door to make sure that there was nobody standing out in the hallway. So we captured that on audio. Uh, we captured footsteps during the night. Um, dis again, disembodied voices. All of our equipment was indicating that something was acting on it. So for me, the Lizzie Borden house uh, yielded some very interesting, unexplainable results. I like it. We have an EVP from there. Now, was that the EVP that you just talked about? The one is because I meant to ask you that, but that I believe was, it is. Again, I can't remember. We're going to show this EVP. And then if you want, obviously you could tell us a little bit more about it, but it wasn't the one that uh, we just spoke about, but yeah, everyone check this uh, EVP out from the Lizzie Borden house. This is our second ex murder house. Right. So let's go. We had some good stuff. That just seems like a horrible way to go. Yeah. This is our second ex-murder house. Right. So let's go. We had some good stuff. That just seems like a horrible way to go. Yeah. This is our second ex-murder house. Right. So let's go. We had some good stuff. That just seems like a horrible way to go. Yeah. This is the one you were talking about. Yeah, that that's so, the one. That's so incredible. I mean, it, and this one now you guys obviously didn't hear, right? No, we did not hear that in the moment. Uh, so like I said, we start those voice recorders the moment we cross the threshold. Everybody has one running and we just kind of dispersed and put them in different rooms. Uh, so like I said, you, you'll, you can hear us pulling in equipment, pulling in luggage, you know, all of that stuff. Um, if you were to listen straight through to the audio. So this was just a time where one of us had put one on the mantle in the room where uh, Andrew Borden was killed. And we just happened to capture it. Uh, like I said, Miranda and I were upstairs unpacking our luggage at this time. We weren't even actively investigating, but we just happened to capture this uh, interjection between this conversation between Jenny and Kara. Yeah, that was absolutely awesome. And you know what I was saying before about how some EVPs sound different? Mm -hmm. And like than the one key, and this was my example right here because this one was more of a whisper, like a mm -hmm. you know, whereas Pete was more of a vocal tone, and you could hear it like everything to it. Which I mean, obviously, the difference between class A is you know, and class C sometimes, you know, all that kind of stuff, but still, I just find it so amazing, and especially it's, I'm still hung up on the first one, I don't know why, but. <laughs> I'll never let that go. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, let me tell you. I, mean, I probably shouldn't have watched that one first, you know, but that's all right. But um, I tell you what, you know, Lizzie Borden was a, a crazy case. My our other host, our co-host, um, Todd and uh, his wife, Marissa, they have gone and investigated multiple times at Lizzie Borden House and have had some uh, crazy things. And there's stories that say that even Lizzie Borden might have been into the occult, certain things like that or whatever. And uh, it's just a crazy story in general. And uh, it must have been awesome to be able to investigate there. 
It really was, you know, and for me, like I said, the historical part of this is is really what is fascinating to us. So, you know, I've got to touch the doorknobs that Lizzie Borden touched and walked on the floors where Andrew and Abby were killed. And so for me, that is really the most important part of what we do. So, yeah, we're capturing this really cool, unexplained evidence. Um, but to really have that historical experience or that connection with the historical narrative of these locations is really what is so important for me personally. Um, and then to kind of follow it out, you know, to most people just stop and say, yep, she was found innocent and it's still an unsolved case. But when you pull it out, you know, she she never left Fall River, right? She bought a house. She lived there until the day that she died. She was 67 when she died in 1927 and, and she never left. So for me, part of it is like, if you murdered these people, why wouldn't you just take your inheritance and run, right? So there's a lot of different aspects that when you really start delving into the story, the entire story of a historical location, to me, it's absolutely fascinating. No, I totally agree with you. Um, Jennifer White in the comments, she just said, um, so if Ma and Andrew said they murdered us, um, it wasn't Lizzie. And no, what I want to say that was, they, she didn't, yeah, it was two different EVPs, right? That was the first one where they said they murdered us. So that was a total different case. Uh, the Ma Barker case was completely different than the Lizzie Borden case, Jennifer. So that's why you might be getting them mixed up. Right. Yeah. So the first one that I talked about, Jennifer, that was Ma Barker. That's the Ma Barker house in Central Florida. Um, and they were murdered by the FBI. Um, the Lizzie Borden house is, a, is, to AJ's point, is a separate case. And that's where we got the it was. Um, so two, di two different things. No, please, Jennifer, don't be sorry. I do it all yeah, the no time. No problem at all. Yeah, don't be sorry. I'm the host. <laughs> I do it. Come on. <laughs> uh, but, uh, well, we're on the subject of investigating uh, places like that, I don't suppose, Christy, you've actually you've ever been to uh the winchester mystery house not as a paranormal investigator i've been as a tourist um but i i, I did not go as a paranormal investigator i was with a, a group of work folks um in, in my previous life but uh, oh, it, 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 it's an interesting it's an interesting place i would love to go back as an investigator yeah i'd love to do that one mm -hmm. love to so she was so paranoid wasn't she like right just strange oh. She was crazy. Yeah, yeah I, I mean that house is amazing, though. It absolutely. Mm -hmm. is. I've never been, but I tell you what, just from seeing it from on shows and stuff, that house. She must. I don't even know how she could even came up with it. Well, really? according to her, the voices in her head telling her to do it. So it yeah, to relieve I don't her. Think, of her though, I don't think she was. She was the one that was uh, designing everything. I think she was basically telling the builders because wasn't she always changing companies? Yeah, so she she basically said, "Don't never stop building." According to her, yeah. what she had, her her thought process was, she can't stop building, and this is to apparently make amends for some some of the the, the killings that had happened due to the guns and all of that. So if it if it wasn't if it wasn't spirits, right? That's the first thing. That's the first beautiful thing schizophrenia has ever created. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, we can spend a whole other episode on that one. So. Exactly, exactly. All right. Oh, so, we'll just and investigate. Why not? I'll just get a flight over. Don't worry about it. One of, the, one of the places that you guys investigated, there was another um, an, a team that got to investigate, not not the same place, but a similar type place. It's been a place that I've always wanted to investigate. I've never had the chance to. Um, a funeral home. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Now, you were at the old Southern Funeral Home. We have an EVP video from it. I'm going to show it real quick, and then I'll let you explain it right after. So, um, everyone, I want you to check out this one from a funeral home. It's an EVP, and we're going to let Christy explain it right after the video, and then I'll show it again. So, here we go. Okay. 
Go ahead, Christy. Tell yes. Us so about. this this is the old Southern Funeral Home in Kosciuszko, Mississippi, and uh, it it's it was fascinating. Um, it is a very uh, active location, and so that night again, it was just Jenny, Jenny, and myself. Jenny is my twin sister, and uh, so this was actually when we were setting up our equipment. We had left uh, a night vision camera, obviously the voice recorder, and a laser grid, and uh, so we had just finished setting up the equipment. And you know, during the during the night during investigations and stuff, I'm always saying, "Hey, Jen, do this," or "Hey." Jenny do this and that sort of thing. Um, so the spirits obviously had known our names at that point. And during this investigation, for some reason, the the entities in this location were enamored with Jenny. Uh, we were getting that audible EVP uh, that was captured on that voice recorder as we were leaving the room. This was the second floor room that used to um, have all of the caskets. So when you go to pick out your casket for your family members, it was basically like the casket display room. Yep. Um, so that was the room that we were in. And, and so th we had done a spirit box session that night and we said, can you say the name Jenny? Jenny came through. Uh, we captured Jenny on several other uh, 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 voice recorders that night. So for some reason, Jenny, even though we're twins, Jenny was the, the talk of the, the investigation because we, we captured that a lot. But the funeral home itself was an extremely active location. Uh, my best friend, uh, Miranda Young from Ghost Biker Explorations, she was actually one of the first to investigate. Um, and I encourage you to go watch her episode episode on that location, the old Southern funeral home, because they actually had pictures coming off the wall during their investigation and oh. audible responses as well. So everybody oh. who, yeah, everybody who investigates that location, um, seemed to have a very active investigation. Um, mm -hmm. Now the the funeral home has has resold this last year, so it, it is going to be opening back up as a funeral home, uh, like a, a legit funeral home and uh so you can no longer investigate there unfortunately but for us it was a great location wow that's such an amazing um amazing location to be able to to be able to like just investigate i mean mm -hmm. like i said i've always wanted to there's a place where my family have been you know we've brought my family to when they have passed multiple times that i've just always been drawn to that i want to go in but um, you know, I mentioned it when I was last in when my father passed and, you know, the owner didn't really say no, but he also just kind of looked at me like, hey, hey, yeah, that's, you know, that's cool, you know, but I didn't push the issue. But mm -hmm. um, it's amazing that you guys got to investigate there. And it's so cool that you got um, what you did on this EVP and also obviously through the spirit box saying your sister's name because it's so relevant because there's nobody else there. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's somebody relevant. And um, for your friend um, from Ghost Biker Explanation to have their have you know, pictures come off the wall. I feel bad for these new owners, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you talk to a, a, a an owner of a funeral home or an employee of a funeral home, most of them have interesting stories to tell of, of unexplained oh, yeah. occurrences, even while the funeral home is in operation. And for me, I just think that you're in this location where the walls are witnessing such sorrow. Uh, you know, you, you very rarely do you go into a funeral home and you're happy, right? You're, you're experiencing, you experience a loss, the sorrow is there. And it, for me, it essentially perme permeates the walls. And I think that's why funeral homes are active because it just sees and holds that not negative, but depressing and, and just mournful yeah. type of an energy. And so I think that's why we were able to capture some interesting things there. I want to ask you actually about what you, what we just, something about what you just said. Um, you said about obviously blended into the walls, you know, the energy and stuff that from that place, do you think that the spirits that are there, do you think that they're either crossing through with their body? Do you think it's just residual from the energy of 
what that place is, uh, people coming in and out, of bodies coming in and out. Do you think the souls, like I said, are passing? Or do you think they're actually there stuck in this building for some reason? I, th I think I think it's both. I think that there's residual energy in these locations. Um, and one of the reasons why is for this instance, for this particular instance, um, when we went into uh, the embalming room where they would embalm the, the, the bodies, there were drawers full of personal items, um, oh. dentures glasses, watches, earrings, necklaces, shoes th that were left over that no none of the family members claimed. So I think you've got that connection that could draw or hold that energy or hold that spirit connection. Um, and then really, this was the last location where a spirit's physical body was kept, right? This is where it was last physically seen by their loved ones. And so again, I think that there's they just stay there for that connection. Um, because that that's where their 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 bodies were last seen or last mourned over, if you will. Uh, so I think it's a little bit of both. I think residual and uh and obviously intelligent because we're able to get that intelligent response. Absolutely. I'm gonna show that response once again. So everybody um for anyone who just tuned in, um we're gonna show this response again. This is from Old Southern Funeral Home. Um, and the EVP you're going to hear is going to call out Christy's uh, twin sister, Jenny. Um, so check this out. Wow. I love that. That <laughs> is a good so one. Great. Yeah, when you get your name coming through, it's, you know, it, it, to some people it's scary, but I love it. I think it's mm -hmm. so fascinating, you know, because especially if you have a, a unique name too, like for like a last name, mm -hmm. and they, the last name, like I've even got my, my niece's name come through on a, on a spirit box session through an app of all things. Oh, wow. And yeah, and her name is Acadia. Wow. Acadia, Acadia Sky is her middle name. So it's a very unique name. Absolutely. And we got her whole name, not just her first, middle, and last, but we got the full name. And we think it was my grandmother because um, it was oh. the first time that I actually allowed her to ask a question because she was so like into doing it. So I was like, let me do it real quick and then get you out of here. But uh, um, yeah, I came through and I was just shocked. I was very shocked. Mm -hmm. But um, we lo I love when we get these EVPs. But next thing I want to jump into, we have a video on here that's very intriguing. It's going to switch off the EVP for a second. Go to this a shadow, an SLS capture from mm -hmm. Brushy. It's a Brushy expert. Excerpt. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we've investigated Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary a couple of times. Um, and in this particular instance, we were uh, collaborating again with Ghost Biker from Ghost Biker Explorations. So there were five of us on this investigation, three Soul Sisters paranormal investigators, Miranda from Ghost Biker and Miranda's camera guy, Josh. So we had set up some um, uh, trigger items inside the auditorium or the, the gymnasium of this facility. So Brushy Mountain is a huge complex, a former maximum security prison. And so we had set up some, some items inside the gymnasium and we were back probably about, I'd say 15 or 20 feet. All the items were in the middle of the gymnasium and we're kind of back in a semicircle. And uh, so we're asking questions. And one of the things that's in the middle of the room is a REM pod. And so from my point of view, I'm standing on one end of the semicircle and Miranda's on this other side with her camera guy, Josh, and she's holding an SLS camera. 
So from my point of view, I see something run in front of me and it, it cuts off my line of sight to everything in the middle of the room at the exact same, oops, sorry, at the exact same time, I see it. Miranda is picking up an anomaly on the SLS camera. So you hear me say, did anybody see it at the same time Miranda is getting this SLS camera footage? And so then her camera guy pans off of the SLS screen, sorry, off of the SLS screen and onto the objects in the middle of the room. And you see the shadow figure run back across. Uh, so it's a very interesting piece of, inform uh, of of footage because you're you're seeing all this, and we actually we actually captured the EVP of a man laughing as well. So that's kind of the setup. So awesome! Hey, before we show this video clip, I just want to say, Robin, she got excited. She's smacking her microphone. Now. I know, I right? She said, "I'm not doing this. Look out!" Yeah. Right? Everybody, what uh, Chrissy just said, we're going to show the video clip of the SLS and shadow right now. So, uh, everyone, check this out from the Soul Sisters Paranormal. All right, this is the I just mapped something. Did you there. see it? Yes. Holy shit. Did anybody else see the black, the black shadow? There it is again. Oh my god. There it is again. As we play this clip once more, we have zoomed in first on the SLS camera that Miranda was holding, and then on the REM pod, so that you can see the shadow that crosses in front. I just mapped something. Did you there. see it? Yes. Holy shit. Did anybody else see a black, black shadow? There it is again. Oh my god. There it is again. So yeah. sorry about the verbiage. Oh no, please, you could swear on this show. I'm I'm not one of those people. You can do whatever. Um, no censor here. Um, we're all adults. But uh, anyway, what I wanted to ask you was the thing that she mapped in, okay, it looked like it went over the body that was on the screen in the gray in the background. Now, is that anybody standing over there? Is that you? So no. what is the body? Is that still the, the spirit just not mapped in? No, so what, what is originally on the camera of the SLS is our equipment in the middle of the room. So we have a, a glow-in-the-dark balloon. We have some rim pods. We have an EDI box. So all of that is there. And then, because she doesn't move it. So then uh, something superimposes on top of that, i.e. the SLS camera alerts to something in the middle of the room. At the same okay. time, I saw the shadow figure run in front of all of those items. Um, so no, I, yeah. I physically saw this shadow thing run across at the same time, because you can hear me, did, does anybody see it? At the same time, yeah. she mapped it. And so when it runs back across, again, you can see there when we zoom in on that that uh, REM pod, it cuts off everybody's line of sight to that REM pod. It's a quick shadow that runs right in front of that those lights on the REM pod and cuts it off. Um, so yeah. that's what she was originally seeing on the screen. And then something bl blips in front of it, which is what I yeah. physically saw. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell because at first when I saw the gray in the background, it kind of had a shape of a human. Also, I was mm -hmm. thinking to myself, did the, the, the 
SLS map that looking like kind of like a human for just a quick second. Mm-mm. So that's why I was just wondering. I know that you saw what you saw because I saw the camera defocus too. Yeah. Um, but I, I just was wondering if maybe, you know, that, that figure was the computer just read it wrong or something. I just wondered as a researcher yeah, coming no, up. Yeah. For, for me, it was because like I said, she didn't move the camera at all. And so, yeah. I mean, if she was moving it around or something like that, then I could see it mapping something like that. Yeah. Um, but the fact that she's holding it still and it does it at the exact same time that I see something physical, to me, that's just two pieces of of evidence because I've saw it with my own eyes. And then to see yeah. it run yeah. back across was actually pretty interesting because we all yeah. saw it at that point. Absolutely. You know, and the, the hardest part about showing evidence too is like, I mean, I know, I believe because I'm a researcher and I, I've been in these situations, but a lot of people that aren't in these situations don't understand. And it's hard to portray our evidence when we're there and they're not. You exactly. know, so oh, absolutely. I had to ask you that quick question because as a researcher, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to roll it out myself too, you know, but I think that's absolutely awesome because I saw the, the, the defocus of the camera. I saw the, you know, the quick thing that came, but it's so quickly. And that's the thing that people don't understand. It's super quick. Like when I first watched it, I'm thinking to myself, if you didn't have those replays, we would have had to watch it over and over, you know, because mm-hmm. been that quick, but that was a great capture. So that was awesome. Um, that is one thing though, that we as investigators are hitting our heads against a brick wall in that really um, a lot of the time because just because people aren't there, they automatically assume, well, that's been set up, well, that's been set up. Well, it's like, no, I'm not going, you know, me or or AJ or you, Christy, you're, we're not going to travel, what, sometimes 50, 100, 200 miles mm-hmm. to just fake a load of evidence. What, what would be the point in that? I could just go next door and ask them if we could film for half an hour and fake <laughs> the evidence there. Yeah, you know yeah. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And and so when we put our, our evidence out there, one, there's two things. One, I'm not trying to get anybody to believe anything. I'm not trying to convince anybody that that my view of the paranormal is the correct view. That's not what I'm doing. What we're doing is we're telling you a very cool historical narrative of these locations. We're telling you how we conducted our investigations. And we're putting out unexplainable things that at that moment I can't explain. But mm-hmm. if we want to have this dialogue and you want to say, hey, I think it was this. It could have been this or that then I, I, I want to have that dialogue so we can really hone in on what we think that was, right? But for me, in that moment, it was unexplainable. And another thing about what we do is none of our channels or any of our social media are monetized. And it's for that reason, right? I don't make any money off of this. I don't make, there's nothing that I gain to Robin's point. There's nothing that I gain other than the fact that I'm showing you a very cool historical location with some compelling evidence. Um, So, and, and I do that for a very specific reason. We have not monetized for that reason where somebody can say, you're doing this, um, you're manipulating these things to get views, to get money. That's not the case. So, you know, again, for me, I'm very transparent as to there is no monetary gain for any of this. In fact, we pay out of pocket. Everything we do is self-funded. Yeah. Um, there's there's no money here. And that's the reason why I do that. Yeah, and I love well, that. We're, all, we're all the same in that aspect because, mm-hmm. you know, even, even if you were doing it for the viewers and for the money and stuff, YouTube these days are making it so hard mm-hmm. to uh, you know but get to get monetized it's like you know you you, you need to be out personally me I, I think you need to be out every single day and you need to have all the top-notch equipment and you know you don't have when you, you just have what you have and you just want to go where you want to go mm-hmm. you're doing it for your own benefit 
but if it's going to benefit the public watching, then yeah. and 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 personally, I, I think that's where the difference between paranormal investigators, i.e., researchers, um, and YouTubers really differ, right? Yeah. Um, and and God bless YouTubers. If this is how they want to make money, if this is how they want to do it, that's fine. But their investigation style is much different than what we do, right? They go in, they're in there for three hours, they're they're filming a live stream or a broadcast, and then they're gone, right? They have no connection to the location, they have no connection to the history of the location. And again, that's fine if they want to do that. But for us, um, I think you guys are in this boat with me as well we want the history of that location we want to delve in further in that location because by doing so we can provide tourist dollars to the preservation of these locations we can yeah. give the narrative to those who aren't there and explain what it is and really help preserve that location so i think there's there's definitely a difference and for me i, I really draw that line between a paranormal investigator slash researcher and a youtuber i think that's very yes. important. very very important yeah Absolutely. and um, you know, it's it, the only thing that I, I, I have no problem either with any of it. You know, I think there's enthusiasts, obviously, and then there's, you know, researchers. The only thing that I, I can't stand that I see all the time is um, a lot of YouTubers that will come out and then be like, you know, I'm a paranormal researcher. I'm a mm -hmm. paranormal investigator. And the thing that gets me a little upset about that is then they're the same ones who are faking the stuff and only doing it so that they can get the subscribers become viral and famous. And I don't care. Anybody can make their money any way that they want. But what I've been seeing a lot online is these people claiming to be mediums or claiming to be these ability type persons. And they're charging people. Like I just saw a lady the other day who does a lot of tarot readings on, on YouTube. She's charging $250 for a paranormal consultation to see if they have to remove a spirit and $280 if it's demonic. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's wild. And I see people giving paranormal classes with these equipment saying, oh, well, you're going to get the best equipment hands on, da, da, da. But these mm -hmm. people have to go out and buy that equipment. And by the time they get the money to do so, they're not going to remember what you probably taught them. So why were they going to come and pay 300? So I get a little upset when I see things I like that and people using this field because people like us who really fund our own things and stuff, you're, we're just, we're not trying to make anyone believe, like you said, we're just trying to show like, listen, something's going on yep. and Absolutely. this needs to be studied like truthfully, you know, because mm -hmm. This may not, who cares if it's our soul or whatever, right? Just say, say if it's not, say it's just interdimensional beings. That in itself is mind blowing. Absolutely. Why not? You know, so I totally agree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I love that you guys do the way you, the way you guys do. I think that's so awesome. Well, thank um, you. One, one thing I, I want to move to right now is uh, there's two places on here that you guys went to that I, I can't wait to talk about. So I'm, first one I want to talk about is the USS NC. Mm -hmm. um, you guys were on the ship. How was that to investigate? Like, tell us some of your experiences. Tell us what it was like. Right. So this was the USS North Carolina in Wilmington. And and again, just the historical significance of this location was just mind blowing. So this was a ship that was built in 1937. Um, it was in operation during World War II. Um, in fact, the Germans thought that they had sunk it six times. That's how fierce this 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 battleship was. Um, they reported that they had sunk it six times when, in fact, they did not. Um so in 1961, it was turned into a museum um, so people can go and visit it, but they allow paranormal investigators to spend the night. And so on this investigation, it was just Jenny and myself. And we captured, again, some very compelling things that I can't explain. Uh, the clip that, uh, that you're going to share here 
Um, Jenny and I were walking into the medical bay of uh, of the ship, and during the night, as we were walking around the the uh, the walkways, you know, you go through all the hatchways and stuff. They're kind of narrow, and so we would be bumping our toes or our elbows or whatever. And um, at one point, we're walking into the medical ward, and I say, you know, do you want to sit in here for a minute and do an EVP session? And you hear a man's voice saying, "Just watch your elbows, or just watch your arms." I believe he said, "Just watch your arms." And again. We didn't hear it in the moment, but yet it's an intelligent response to what I'm saying and it's saying, hey, heads up, watch your elbows, right? So uh, to me, this is a, a very interesting piece of evidence. Now, before I show this evidence, one thing I want to ask as a researcher to a researcher, do you think that when a spirit is giving these EVPs and these EVPs are being recorded, do you think in the space that they're in that this EVP recorder, this recorder is picking up them vocally speaking? even though they don't have a mouth like we do and no vocal tones? Or do you think that this energy is imprinting itself, interacting with the environment? What do you think? And just, I mean, your own opinion. Mm -hmm. Well, in my mind, I, I do think that the entity, the spirit is there and it, it is interacting. It's trying to interact with us. Um, in this particular case, I couldn't hear it in the moment. I only heard it when we went back and watched the evidence or watched the footage that we captured. Uh, you know, that's an interesting question. I've never been really been asked that before, but in my mind, I see the entity sit sitting there looking at us, trying to interact with us, um, you know, answering the questions that we're asking it. Um, sometimes audible responses, sometimes not, but, you know, it, it's, it's enough energy to, to your point, imprint on our recording systems. See, I like that. That, that one fascinating thing, I, the reason why I wanted to ask is I always want to ask researchers, like, how do you think they're communicating with us? Mm -hmm. One thing that I always see in my mind, and, and I've, I've had sessions where they've said this to me, um, is that it's like, like how they send mediums. It's like a block of thought, an energy, a, a block of thought that they send to us. Whereas in mediums uh, cases, they've said through our spirit box that um, they send this block of thought. The brain as a filter deciphers the block of thought through the experience of their consciousness in this world and what they've you know, their environmental, whatever they grew up with. And then they have to obviously decipher the name or their response or whatever answer that the medium needs to get. Don't know how true all that is, but came through the spirit box. I was like, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> my question is like, when I see EVPs and stuff, I'm thinking to myself, if that was the case, and we're obviously all energy, we know this energy cannot be created nor destroyed or all that stuff. And exactly. So I just wonder, like, I wonder if these entities are here and they're actually to answering our questions or putting them on these devices, like even spirit boxes and manipulating those frequencies. I wonder if that energy is they're basically sending it out. And like, I always ask this because when we see like, um, have you ever, have you guys ever witnessed on your spirit box, like an anomaly going into the spirit box before uh, uh, answer or even after an answer, have you ever seen anything go in? Cause I've seen that happen a couple of times on ours. Honestly, no. Um, okay. There's there's a lot of times like when the spirit box session that we had with the Ma Barker house, um, I, I I don't have a light on that, uh, you know. I didn't know uh, the video camera, the night night vision. I didn't know. Yeah, I, I don't film with a night vision camera. I do have um, I do oh, have God. stationary night vision cameras that we have oh, up. Um, so honestly, I have not personally witnessed that on any of our spirit box sessions, but I do know other people that have. And to yeah. your point, you know, the the energy going in and actually manipulating those frequencies and those sound waves. Yeah, I just um, wonder, you know. You know, I always wonder if that's how they talk, you know, because it's we don't have a way like a vocal tone, you know, and we always hear these like even the audible ones like it just like how do they produce that? Is this mm -hmm. energy manifesting into our physical world and vibrating at such a vibration that it's creating something in our, our physical space? I there, mean, is, there is also a stone tape theory though, isn't there? 
Well, that's for residual energy, yes, the stone tape theory. But mm-hmm. wait, not before I get in this whole scientific adventure and asking more <laughs> crazy questions, let's show this EVP from the USS North Carolina real quick. Okay. Um, just give a real summary because I talked too much about what we're about to see real quick. It's Jenny and I walking into the medical ward of the USS North Carolina. Awesome. Here we go. Do you want to sit in here a minute more? Yeah. We can put the flare out. Do you want to sit in here a minute more? Yeah. We can put the flare out. in here a minute more. Yeah. We can put the flare out. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, now that's not just awesome because it's an EVP and I'm just a paranormal freak, but that's awesome because that isn't like the Lizzie Borden one that we heard that was a whisper. It was in the middle between where, you know, that the one we first heard at uh, Atla County Jail. But I tell you what, just the, the you could hear the vocal tone and everything mm-hmm. in what he's saying. Just watch your arm. And it's relevant to what you're saying. It's like he's watching out for you. And it's like, I'm not saying really anything else to you guys. Did you guys catch any other EVPs in that moment being in there by chance? Not in that moment, but during the investigation, the entire investigation. Oh, yeah. So we were capturing EVPs. We were capturing footsteps. How about uh, the medical day? Yeah. Yeah. So we have, I think we have two more on our video. I think we have two more from that, uh, from that location. It was a very active location. Vocal tone though. And those EVPs Mm -hmm. person. Oh, so that's awesome. See that even shows more evidence, more Mm -hmm. validation, because when you can, you know, connect those two vocal tones and those things, it's like, that's a personality. That's a, that's a human in your eyes. You know what I mean? Cause to me, it would be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So again, that that to me was a great capture because to your point, we've got a male's voice because you can actually hear I had I had said what I'd said and then you can hear Jenny actually talking. So, you know, it's not her. And obviously it's not me because I had just finished my sentence um, and, and I'm not a male. So. It's intelligent. It's a male voice. You can almost kind of, if you've listened to it a couple times, you can almost hear a little bit of an accent. Uh, So for me, again, it's, it's a really compelling piece of unexplained evidence. I can't, I cannot explain uh, because obviously there's no men with us there. I can't explain how that EVP is occurring. So it's kind of cool. Everyone who just pulled in, check this out. EVP from the USS North Carolina. Um, Christy and her twin sister, Jenny, only ones in this whole ship. This is what they catch in the medical bay. Check out their full video on YouTube. Check this out. Do you want to sit in here a minute more? Yeah. We can put the flare out. in here a minute more. Yeah. We can put the flare out. Do 
Can we sit in here a minute more? Yeah. You can put the flare out. <laughs> what I see in my mind's eye is just a white collar guy working in the medical bay, you know, a soldier and just, you know, just watch your arm guys, you know, yep, like, th you that's know, it. Not exactly. Even, not even caring that you're in there, just doing his duty or whatever he's doing. I just find that so awesome. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, just watch your arm. I wish I, I wish I was able to get my browser working before I had you on because I would have been like, nope, we're getting the whole video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm actually really proud of that one. If you go to our website and you watch that video, um, be because the, the history of this ship is just so phenomenal um, and how it came to be a museum and the, 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 the group of people that that made the decision to we have to save this ship. You know, this is something that is important to American history. It's important to, to North Carolina history. And we've got to save this ship. And so that the entire story behind the the military service of this ship and then how they got it out of the scrapyard. I, I just, I love it so much. So if you guys want to know the true history of the USS North Carolina, please go watch our video. Please. And um, real quick, tell them where your, your uh, website, everything so that they could do that. Yep. So www.soulsistersparanormal.com. We're also active on Facebook under Soul Sisters Paranormal and our YouTube channel is under Soul Sisters Paranormal. SoulSistersParanormal.com. I'm going to put that right up on the screen right cool. now. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Uh, thank you so much again for coming. This is so much fun. I hope that you don't mind staying a little longer. No, than no. I, I love this. Okay, I do this great. all day. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Um, so um, next one I want to talk about real quick is you have one in here named Grand Old Lady. Now, is that the Grand Old Opera? Is that what that is? Or what is what, what is this place? Because it has been really intrigued. Okay, so this is the Grand Old Lady Hotel. Um, this is in Balsam, North Carolina. So this was built in the early 1900s as part of the railroad system that went through the mountains at that at, at, at Balsam Pass. And so when it was originally built, it's this three-story, very opulent hotel, hardwood floors, grand staircases, about 100 guest rooms, large ballroom, large uh, eating area with, with glass windows and all of that. So it's a beautiful hotel. And it was really a stopover for the railroad where these people would get off and they would vacation for several weeks and then get back on the railroad and, and continue on. Um, so then during the depression and moving into like the 1940s and 50s, it started to go into decline. Um, there were instances where it was abandoned and then try to revitalize and then abandoned again. Um, so the current owner, she allows paranormal investigators to go in and investigate this location. And um, so when we investigated there, we actually had the entire hotel to ourselves for an entire weekend. So we got there on a Friday and we left on a Sunday afternoon. And again, this was a collaboration with Miranda Young from Ghost Biker Explorations. So she investigated on Friday night and Jenny and I investigated on Saturday night, even though we stayed in the hotel, all three of us. Um, her The main focus on Friday night was Miranda and Ghost Biker. And then Saturday night was Jenny and myself with Soul Sisters. And so the clip that we're going to show you um, this was on Saturday night. And like I said, they have about a hundred guest rooms, but one guest room in particular is supposed to be reported to be the most haunted. And it's on the third floor and it's adjacent to this hallway called Henry's hallway. And the way the room is set up, it's, it's one big suite, but it has two rooms. So there's an interior room that has two queen beds where Jenny and I was or were. And then there's an an exterior room with a, a, a full-size bed where Miranda was. Now, the one that Miranda was in, it had the only door to the suite. So you would go in and go to the two rooms or you can go out into the hallway. So the, the door 
uh, exited into the hallway. And so what we did is we had a night vision video camera on the inside of the door. So you see Miranda in bed and the door. And then we had a night vision video camera on the other side of the door in the hallway. So now I've got complete control of this environment, right? I know that there's nobody else on the property when oh. this event occurs. Um, so you, we, we said good night. You could hear us. I mean, in the full video, you can hear us say good night. And about 15 minutes later, we captured this EVP on the outside of the door. So this entity is in the hallway. Awesome. Grand Old Lady Hotel. This is by the Soul Sisters. Check this video out. Did y'all hear that? Yep. What did that sound like? Sounds like a man's voice. That's what I thought. What is so crazy about this, Christy, is right after he says, please don't go, not only can you hear the sadness and the pain in that person's voice, which is that vocal tone, just everything about that EVP, you heard it live. Not only that, right after he said it, you see a little light anomaly, because I don't think that was dust, to be honest. I, I really don't, nor a bug, and because nothing else ever comes into frame. And you see it right after he says it, it like goes mm -hmm. away and into the bed, which mm -hmm. that's what I'm talking about. I'm wondering if that right there is what, how, whatever it is that's going into the microphone or going near and using that energy to kind of communicate with us, because I just want to show this again. That was such an amazing EVP. And for you guys to hear it live, I, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions after, but guys, yep. check it out again. Did y'all hear that? Yep. What did that sound like? Sounds like a man's voice. That's what I thought. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so to me, that's a really cool EVP for a couple of reasons. One, Miranda has nerves of steel. I mean, she didn't even move in that bed. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Jenny and I are in that, uh, uh, that interior room and it's kind of the same thing. It's one of those where, you know, we all heard this, it was loud. We all heard it in the moment and you're waiting for the next thing to happen. Is something else going to happen? Is he going to come through the door? Are we going to hear another EVP? So it was a really great investigation overall, but that one right there, to your point, there is some sadness in there. And it's interesting because about 20 minutes before we captured this, because this is Saturday. Well, it's actually about four in the morning on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're talking about when we're going to leave, right? You know, we're going to pack up. What time do we want to get up? What time do we want to set the alarms for? You know, we'll, we'll get everything down in the car. We're going to wake up around 10 or whatever. Um, yeah. Just talking about leaving. And mm -hmm. so to capture this voice that says, please don't go, uh, it, it's, it's intelligent, right? And to your point, it's sad. It doesn't want us to go. We've just spent an entire weekend getting some great evidence from this location. And I think the fact that one, we're all three females there, that we were, you know, empathetic to what they're going through and all of that. I think it was a very, uh, you know, a plea. Don't go. Don't leave us. Were you talking about leaving in a different room or were you talking about leaving in that exact room? In that room. So, like I said, so, if, if you. I, was gonna, I don't want to cut you off, but the only reason why I want to ask that, because I want to finish. Hold on one sec. Is 
I find that so awesome because you guys were talking about it and then all of a sudden that EVP came through validating what you guys are speaking about. Mm -hmm. But like I said, that that vocal tone, the way that it sounds, sounds so sad that you guys are leaving. Like, you know, like, please come because you it's, it's, as a lot of people gone in there and communicated with them. Sorry, that's really my question. Yeah, point. so it's a, it's a very active location. Um, and okay. during the night, if you go and watch our video on it, again, it's, I think it's a really cool video because there were numerous things that were happening during the night. Like, for example, we were down in the kitchen and so let me just backtrack. We investigated during the off season. So they only are open as a hotel for a certain amount of time during the year. And then they close. So there's nobody there. Right. Um, and so we were down in the kitchen and I said uh, something to the effect of, can you just show us that you're here? Can you manipulate something to let us know that you're here? And the coffee pot turns on. So this is 1.30 in the morning. There's no reason why the coffee pot should turn on at this moment. Um, so we captured that. Um, there was another instance where we're up in one of the guest rooms and we have an EDI box sitting on one of the dressers and we're all kind of sitting back on the bed and Miranda has that SLS camera. And so we see uh, uh, the SLS camera start to map a figure. And, and so the way I'm filming, you can see the SLS camera and the EDI box behind it and physically see the box. And so we said, can you touch the box that's on the dresser? And you yeah. see the anomaly on the SLS camera reach out and you see the EDI box start to illuminate. So again, another really cool piece of evidence because we can have got two things validating that something is in the room with us. Um, but to go back to this EVP, we were all in that room kind of sitting around. We were all kind of sitting on Miranda's bed just talking about, you know, when we pack up because Miranda was going to go to another location. Jenny and I were going to go home. So basically what time do we want to set the alarms for? Do we want to get breakfast in the morning, you know, before we leave? All of the, you know, the normal leaving an investigation questions and, and conversation. Yeah. And so then to lay down and about 15 minutes later, get the please don't go a very cool experience for us. And not only that, but that light anomaly you were talking about AJ was actually seen a couple of times in that clip. Oh, really? Back, I, only... I actually seen it going away from the bed as well. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. I only saw when it came back in a frame coming down to the bottom left of the screen. That was, a, that was just really cool though. It yeah, came, and came down towards the bed, and then a little bit later, it sort of it circled right at the bottom of the bed, and then you've seen it actually leaving the bed. <laughs> it does, and now I'll just say up front for us, we particularly don't point out light anomalies or orbs, if you will, just because there are so many different things that, that can explain it, right? Yeah. So I, I just, for each video, I don't want to go into this could be a bug, this could be all of this, and so for, for us, I don't particularly put a lot of, of a lot of energy, my energy um, behind orbs. Uh, and that's just me personally. I, I just, I don't, yeah. I, because there's so many different things that can explain it. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same as far as orbs go, but sometimes you'll see like light anomalies and mm -hmm. you can't oh, yeah, actually debunk them. No, no, absolutely. I mean, we captured one at Tala uh, or Trans-Allegheny that I can't explain. Um, in this dark hallway, this beam of light just shoots up and then comes back down, and I can't explain that. So we do point out stuff like that, but, you know, everybody has their feelings on orbs and, um, and anomalies and stuff. So on this particular instance, we did not obviously yeah. highlight those. Yeah, no, definitely. I totally agree. Totally agree. Before we get to Post Town, the last one on here, there was one I might have passed, and I think it's from uh, the brushy uh, – <laughs> State penitentiary, like you said. Um, so it says brushy rocks. 
Yeah. So this was the first time that Jenny and I investigated Brushy. So it was just she and I at, on this investigation. And when we do our investigations, we set up stationary cameras in as many of locations as we can. Um, so we actually have 12 stationary cameras. So we'll set them up all over the location um, so we can have eyes and ears on everything, even though we're not physically in, say, this cell block. And so we had set up this camera in one of the cell blocks. And during the night for about three hours, these rocks start pelting our camera. There's nobody else in this building. Um, and we're on a completely different side. We're on the completely different side of the complex. And so rocks just start pelting this camera. I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know what's causing it, but I mean, it's with force. Um, mm. So this is what, this is what uh, that clip looks like. Wow. I tell yeah. you what, to have rocks and stuff being thrown at your camera and like nobody's around there. And you can even hear in some of the, like before you cut some of the clips when the, the rocks were going to come, mm -hmm. you can hear right after the rocks thrown, like some, some like noise or something. And it doesn't sound like you guys at all. It sounds something weird, but you can't make it out, but you know something's there. Mm -hmm. I'll yeah. tell you something else about that. Sorry, uh, Christina, yeah. before you say anything, is that you'll have people saying that well, it's an old building. It could be bits of masonry that are falling from the ceiling. But if you watch that clip closely, they're coming in from all angles. They're coming from straight in front of you. They're coming from the side. Yes, there is a few coming from the top down, but a lot of them are coming straight into the camera, and that wouldn't be masonry. Now, and you're actually right. That's the point I was going to make, um, in fe especially when it first starts. I mean, there's a clump of like three things that come straight out, um, yeah. you know, perpendicular to the camera, just boom. Um, and there are some that fall from the top, but a lot of them are coming in from the sides, which, you know, if, if all of them were falling down, then I would have thought to your point, just kind of masonry or, or whatever, just the, you know, the decay of the building or whatever. But yeah. this lasted for about, it, it's, it didn't happen right away because these cameras ran for, I think, nine hours. Um, it didn't happen right right away it started about three or four hours in it lasted for a few hours and then it stopped um and it didn't happen again and so that was just a montage of some of the things go on that was just a montage of some of the things that we captured and uh it like i said it, to me it was fascinating because phew, you have these things facing and throwing at our camera the kitty cat's looking to become viral that's what she is. already is that's selly our jail cat she already is. so selly the jail cat i like the name that's awesome yep, yep. Um, but to what you said, yeah, no, that was an amazing clip to have um, that happen. I've never had that happen to me personally, um, mm -hmm. something like that physically being thrown. So that is um, awesome to see and to have captured. 
One question I want to ask is somebody who you guys obviously edit your stuff. You guys obviously film your own, all that kind of stuff. My question to you is how bad does it suck to review nine hours of a stationary camera when you're not in front of it? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So, and it's not just that I've got 10 of them. So oh. um, yeah. So, and, and we watch and listen to it all. So if I've got 10 voice recorders running for 10 hours, I'm listening to a hundred hours of audio um, and, uh, and watching all of the footage as well. But for me, it's worth it, right? You find that one EVP or you find or you capture a light anomaly that you can't explain. And it's like the adrenaline starts pumping and here we go again, because now I've got something unexplainable. So it, it's absolutely worth it. It does take a lot of time. But uh, and so for us, it, it usually takes a couple of months between when we actually do an investigation to when we release a video. Uh, but I, I absolutely love it. It's one of those things that it's the process and I, I, I really enjoy it. I tell you, I give a lot of credit to some of these TV shows that have to produce and get out an episode within a week. I don't care if they, if you think they're real or they're not, some of them. Just the matter of that they actually do edit some of their own stuff, like Ghost Adventures. They edit all their own stuff. They do all their own work. I can't imagine coming back and having another having an investigation all week long and then got to have mm -hmm. that episode there by Thursday. All done and make sure nothing's messed up or nothing. I mean – you know, like I said, whether you fake that footage or you don't fake that footage, whatever you believe in Ghost Adventures, it doesn't matter. The fact is you have to edit that and that sucks. <laughs> it does. It does take a while. That and the research and everything else that goes with it. Total worth it, though. Total worth it. Because it, it, every time I get something, it pumps me up and it makes making the video worth it um, totally. But uh, before, um, you know, we're coming up near the end. But before we do, we have one last EVP I want to show. And I, I would like to bring you back on, Christy, hopefully with your sister as well. Yeah. Uh, to actually dive into you guys more because, I mean, this is just such awesome evidence. I was going to get into it. I'm like, you know what? We could be here for five hours because we <laughs> love talking paranormal. Um, but Post Town, talk a little bit about Post Town. What is it? Because I actually don't really understand Post Town at the moment until you probably mm -hmm. say the full name. But yep. please, pause. So Post Town is in Post Town, Ohio. It's actually an elementary school. Uh, it was built in 1937 um, and it was in operation up until the 2000s. And then it set vacant and um, the, the current owners, they bought it uh, as a paranormal location to allow paranormal investigators to go in. He actually lives on site as well. Um, so not really a lot of stories regarding death or tragedy in the building itself. But the interesting thing about the building is that it sits on the site of two train accidents that happened before the building was built. So one in 1891 and then one in 1910. And there were multiple multiple casualties um, uh, during those train wrecks. And so then they, they built the building on this location. There's also been flooding in Post Town where the building was used at the triage center. So you do have that connection as well. Um, so a lot of different things surrounding the building, not so much in the building. However, um, it is a very interesting place. Um, we investigated again with Miranda from Ghost Biker, as well as Sarah Jane from Paranormally Blonde. So this was a, a, a three-part collaboration with Soul Sisters and then uh, Paranormally Blonde and, and Ghost Biker. So there were four of us in this building for the night. We actually slept there. So we actually got the building for a, a, a few days. Um, and so the clip that I'm going to show you is kind of interesting because they on the second floor, they have one of the larger classrooms set up as a doll room. And now dolls to me are just creepy. But yeah. in this in, in this room, they've got probably a thousand dolls that <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. so in that room, we had a voice recorder. And so it's just sitting there stationary by itself. And then during the night, we had all gone downstairs and um, you see us coming up the stairs during one of the the 
investigations that were going up. And as we're going up the stairs, we did not hear this in the moment, but at the same time we're going up the stairs, the voice recorder in the doll room captures this EVP. So what I did was I split screened it so you could see the room, that there's nobody in the room, and you can see all of us going up the stairs. So you know it's none of us doing the talking. Um, so this is what the, the EVP sounds like. Well, everyone, this is from Post Town Elementary. This is from the Soul Sisters. Check them out, www.soulsistersparanormal.com for more video, more evidence. But check this EVP out. Wow, that is awesome. One question I'm going to ask you about that is um, now that the room on the right is where the recorder is, correct? Correct. So okay. what I wanted to do is, yeah, so what I wanted to do was show a split screen. Um, yeah. This is the voice recorder picking up this EVP and here we are. So, you know, none of us are in that room. So the room is probably, I'm not really good with estimating, but it's probably... 60 or 70 feet down the hallway so that the stairs are in the middle of the building so if you see a picture of the building the stairs are right in the middle and then all of the classrooms go down the side and so the classroom that had the voice recorder was the very last classroom at the end of that hallway um so again it you know that it's not one of us because all four of us are there on the stairwell yeah and also too it the, it sounds like a female voice and it's asking mm -hmm. who she come with yeah it's crazy there when you're talking, they know that you're female mm -hmm. and they're asking, well, who did this lady come with? We hear her, or even if we see her, but you can hear the echo on that voice too. So that's why I was asking, did that EVP come from that room and not from you guys? Because your voices obviously have that echo in that hallway and the stairwell. Mm -hmm. but what's weird is to hear the echo on the recorder from yep. their voice. Like that is just so realistic. You would think that that was right next to you. Like at least yeah. I would it's from you guys talking. Guys, watch this again. This is totally awesome. Is absolutely awesome and like mm -hmm. I, I just, quite a clever response really because yeah well one of the one of the the people with you there uh says i can't see her and then the thing says like it's like well who did she come with it's like it's as if it's trying to help you find someone yeah, so Sarah Jane, as as we're going up, Sarah Jane there from Paranormally Blonde, she was in the lead. And so she was just kind of 
tongue in cheek, she said, I'm coming up the stairs. Don't scare me. Um, as, as we get to the top of the stairs, um, right. that sort of thing. And so again, Robin, to your point, it's like, who'd she come with? Who'd she come with? Um, and I, again, to me, it's very intelligent. It, to your point, AJ says that it's a, she knows it's a she talking yeah. and, uh, it's, it's just one, one of those things that is very compelling to me. You know, it's so crazy because when I talk to people, even skeptics, I never obviously try to make them believe or anything like that. I just show them evidence. But, you know, whether somebody believes in, you know, uh, you know, fairy tale stuff or they believe in, you know, historical stuff or whatever they believe in, scientific stuff, it doesn't matter. The point of the matter is right now is that that is a human vocal tone and a human voice. It's intelligent. And it's understanding its surroundings. And not only that, there's more than one of them. And you mm -hmm. can't see these. Mm -hmm. so what is going on? Is this our solar energy? And are we staying here? Or is this something more? Whether it, you want to look at it in an angel and demon kind of way, you want to look at it in a Buddha or Allah way, it doesn't matter to me at this point. What matters to me is, is that this is incredible because people in different countries... Undeniable. Yeah. yeah. People are, in different countries are getting in their language answers too mm -hmm. and people like we use there's devices and even apps now that are made with banks that have uh spanish or other vocal tones and these these entities are manipulating the devices and creating the words in the english or in the other languages wherever this person is doing this and i find that so amazing and it just it shocks me because this type of evidence i'm like why isn't scientific community looking more into this because that boat that recorder was nowhere near you guys you guys are all accounted for there's nobody that could have whispered that and who in the hell is this person talking to right. you know they know you before you're in the room that it's being recorded in which is even scarier in my opinion you know if you think about it so i mean tell me i what, what did you guys think of all this this well, for me, I think going back to the scientific portion of it, it, it's because it is paranormal, right? That's the very nature of the term paranormal. It's something that is outside the realm of accepted science, right? They can't put it into a hole or a theory or a hypothesis and really test those things. But because to your point, it's all different. And that's why it, when people talk about different paranormal teams and paranormal drama and all of that, that to me is so crazy or interesting at the same time, because I can investigate post town, right? You can investigate post town. We can do the exact same experiments during our investigations and you will never get the same evidence that I got. And I will never get the same evidence that you got. It is completely unique to my investigation. Now you may get an EVP, you may get a light anomaly, same thing as I, but the circumstances behind that are completely different. And no point in time will Sarah Jane, Miranda Young, Jenny and Christy Sumner be walking up those stairs when AJ is, you know what I'm saying? Um, wow. So that you, that is a very unique situation that one point in time where we're walking up those stairs and we got that piece of evidence. It's completely different. And for you, it will be completely different. And so for people to quibble over, oh, you know, this and that, that to me is so foreign in my thinking because there's no reason to do that. And I think that scientists, because they can't replicate that, Right. They can't send four people up those stairs in post town and get the same result. Uh, I think that's the reason why science is 
wants to stay away from this because they can't replicate those results. If I drop a pin, I know that gravity is going to pull it down. I can do it every single time. Right. Um, but for an anomaly like this, like a EVP or a light anomaly or a, a shadow figure, I can't, you can't replicate it. Right. It's not something that will occur every time. And I think that's why normal traditional science will stay away from it. Um, but to your point, I think if people start looking at the paranormal investigators who are out there doing this, that are trying to do it with scientific methods, trying to do it with, you know, these, these research tools um, and getting interesting results. Yeah. I think if we delve more further into that, I think we can get some really interesting answers. I think so too. Okay. And I, think I think that it's up to us researchers to, you know, get our own scientific evidence like you guys are doing because you're right. Science isn't going to look at this because they can't replicate the experiment over and over and have a valid thing happen every single time. And But that's what makes, to me, this even more fascinating because mm, absolutely. this experience has everything, um, everything that we would say, this has to be a human or some intelligence like us because one, it has our vocal tone, it has our voices, and two, it has the intelligence, like I just said, to know what you were doing. And not only that, you said something a second ago, and I, I just just slipped my mind. I was just thinking about it. Um, of course, I'm not going to be able to remember it now because I'm live on air. We'll come back. <laughs> yeah, I'll come back to it. But uh, the point of what I was trying to say is that there's a lot of human things that this, a lot of aspects to this that you could say this entity kind of resembles us. And that's why I think we think a lot of the soul and stuff like that, because I remember what you said now. You said... Anytime we go in, like you'll have different evidence than Robin will have. I'll have different evidence than all two of you. And what's funny is for us humans, every day is different. You know, so for every investigation is different, which makes it even more into kind of like a human aspect to us thinking like this could be the soul. But like I said, who cares whatever it is? The point of the matter is, is that you guys are recording something that is phenomenal and mm -hmm. this needs to be understood. And why can't they do it all the time? You know what I mean? And these are such questions that we'll never get answers probably, but such crazy to start thinking about and getting into the theory and hypothesis of all of it, you know? Not only that, but you might find if there's a story to be told about that location, that Christy might go there and get part of it. Then you might go, AJ, and get another part, and I might go and get another part, and we piece it all together. You might have either the full story or three quarters of the full story there that you could, you know, I mean, piecing it, this is why I, I'm always a champion for people working together in this field and it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. People don't want to work together because they want to be exclusive. There's yeah. a, you know, I mean, there's an aspect of this where it's like, I want to do a location before you. I want to get better evidence than you do. I want to get this. I want to get, it's like, no, it doesn't really matter whether you catch a figure and I don't. You might catch the figure. I might catch the EVP. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we work together and put all the information together. That's where the bigger picture comes out. It's just a pity that a lot of people don't see it that way. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. And then where's the measure of essentially goodness of a capture, right? What's to, Why would somebody say, well, the it was from the Lizzie Borden house isn't as great as the who she came with from, from Post Town? right where who who's who's forming that level and to your point robin it's one of those things where it it if we can work together and get that story right for like for example the mob barker um when they said they murdered us we the ones dead that is their story that is what they perceived happened to them and that's what they wanted to tell me but you could go into that house and get something you know that adds 
further into that story. Like we had this many guns or these are the guns we used or something else to really um, add to that. And so I do think that I love collaborating with other teams like Ghost Biker, like uh, 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 Paranormally Blonde and some of the other teams that we've collaborated with. I love it for that very, for that very reason. I learned yeah. different techniques. We learned different um, things that we can use. Uh, we were investigating the old hospital on College Hill uh, two weekends ago and we used tools that I had learned from reflections of the paranormal, right? I saw a technique that she used. I loved it. I wanted to try it in that location as well. So we need to learn from each other. We need to work together and learn from each other. And I think that's just going to make the field grow. I think Definitely. so too. I think the ego in the field needs to leave for sure. And, uh, you know, anyone who's in for the wrong reasons, stay in a different category, you know, because it's like the more we work together, like even just doing this podcast, like I say all the time on this show, just having different people on like yourself, other teams, other researchers, different style of researchers, different levels of researchers. It doesn't matter to me. Someone who's only been a researcher for two months, I can learn something from, in my my opinion. You know, mm -hmm. you take what you can get from, from what you can learn and what not, you kick the rest away. And I think it's very important for us to put that ego down and, and to really look at this as this is more important. This evidence, what's going on is so much more important. Victor, mm -hmm. how are you? Thank you for tuning in. Um, but Christy, we are at an hour and 40 and uh, I, I, I do want to um, end this, but I, there's so many questions I have to ask and so much more. So um, before you leave, I would like to schedule you again um, to come yes. on. If you don't mind just sitting in the back real quick um, so we can get you to come back on. Cause uh, if I could, I'd like to get your sister on too and, and have some more evidence and talk about you guys and, and do some more, but thank you so much for this. Absolutely. And thank you. Yeah, thank you both. And thank you to everybody in the chat room for hanging with us and putting in your questions and your comments and stuff. It's, you know, the the reason why we do this is to to make friends and, and to get some comments like that. So thank you, everybody who took the time to watch today. Um, guys, we're going to take a quick five minutes to show each little clip that she sent us today over one more time for everybody because it's that awesome. So before we go and say goodbye to everyone, we just want to show you these clips real quick. in here a minute more. Yeah. We can put the flare out. Do we send here a minute more? Yeah. We can put the flare out. in here a minute more. Yeah. We can put the flare out. Okay. Bob Barker, are you with us? 
Freddy? If you're with us, can you say the name Arizona? Can you say Blackburn? Thank you. What happened in this room? <laughs> I thought you said we the ones. Guys, thank thank you guys so much for checking uh, today's episode out. Christy, again, so thank you again so much. Today was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Y'all have a great um, day. Wait, no before problem. you go, please, again, shout out your stuff so everybody can go check out uh, your paranormal group and all your videos. Yep. So our website is www.soulsistersparanormal.com. Also, uh, we're all active on Facebook under Soul Sisters Paranormal, as well as YouTube under Soul Sisters Paranormal. Awesome. Thank you Excellent. so much. Thank you so much for staying with us, and I appreciate you for your subscription. Thank you so much. It means so much. Thank and you to I'll, everybody who commented as well. Yes, thank you everyone who commented, um, everyone who's came in and watched. If you guys would like to see all of the clips again, like I said, you can check out all of our social medias. You can also head over to Talking with the Source on any of your podcast listening services that you'd like, from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them, and listen to the episode if you're on the go. But Christy, again, thank you. Please stay in the back. We're going to schedule you again, and uh, we're just going to say goodbye. So we appreciate you. Thank you both. Appreciate it. Um, wow, man. This this was an awesome show. I mean, yeah. the episode that we showed was so much fun um, and so cool. It, it it excites you to get back going again. You know what I mean? It excites you to be in the field. It excites you to get out in the field and, and do stuff. And uh, it's so great to have, you know, people like this come on and, and teams like this come on. I mean, what do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, I, I've, I've had a few things lately that, that have been spurring me to come on. And it's people like that that are passionate about it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you know, you want to get out there and you want you want to get evidence and you want you know, you want people to see your evidence, but you want you want the evidence shown to the to the wider community and the scientific community really because they're the ones that need to take it more seriously really. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You know, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, this field will get there. The more that everybody gets into it, the more that more researchers like you know Christy and her sister. And, uh, you know, Ghost Biker and, and Paranormally Blonde, all of them just getting together and, you know, showing the unity in the field and showing that, you know what, it doesn't matter about our egos. It matters about what's going on, what the evidence is. If you truly care about this field 
and figuring anything out that's actually going on. If not, that's cool. But if you are like us and you want to do that, you know what? Get with people. Get with like-minded people. Grow yourself. And in the end, it will only okay. it will only help your team grow in the end. So I think it's absolutely, uh, absolutely. You know, don't you know? Don't just watch like one or two people. Watch a good selection of people. You know what I mean? The, you know, watch watch Soul Sisters. Watch Hunt the Phobia. Watch you know Matt Barron. What you know? Watch Soul Sisters. What yeah. you know? Watch you. Watch me. Watch you know Portal of the Paranormal. We go through them all. The ones that that we're all associated with. But even beyond that, there's ones yet that we haven't. You know, what I mean that we haven't actually met yet. And and there's other ones out there that we haven't even seen yet. We haven't heard of yet that that will be getting the evidence and will be coming on the show whenever we can. Yeah. It's just getting it's getting that you know selection yeah. of of people that you can trust with it. Absolutely, you know, and that's like life. It's hard, but you know, I think it'll happen if you have the right mind, you know, and you you stick with it. So it's the only thing we can offer is just to tell people to get with the right people like we have, and you know, uh, grow your guys together, and and it's more about growth for everyone. So. But we appreciate everyone who watched today. Thank you guys for sticking around for another episode of Talking with the Source. Um, today was absolutely awesome. Can't thank Christy enough and Soul Sisters Paranormal enough. We have their uh, link again on the bottom of this ticker. It says www.soulsistersparanormal.com. Head over there for all the evidence, their videos, all the stuff that they're doing. Absolutely amazing. A great research team. Um, but until next time. If you guys that are listening on the podcast listening services, if you want to see something scary right now, check out this video and check out Robin's new hair color because that shit is scary. <laughs> and, and, and on that subject, I'm going to go because I was in the middle of uh, cleaning up my closet. Oh, Jesus. Right there with the Eminem quote. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. <laughs> Bye. See you there.